the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. This is the verdict. 
light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil and everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. The Gospel of John, the third chapter, beginning in verse 19. Almighty God, the verdict is very clear. Light has come into the world, but men are having a hard time receiving that light because our deeds have been evil. And when we come into the light, we are fully exposed. And we can't hide. Oh Lord, I pray today that every person listening to this broadcast will make the decision, the terrifying decision, to come out into the light. That it may be plainly seen by all who observe that they have given everything to you, that they have heard your call, and they have responded. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to share with you a dream I had last night. I was up about 4.30 this morning. I was praying. And as I was Praying through, the Lord's presence was very real. His promises were alive. He met me. And then finally, about six, I decided I needed to sleep just a little more, and so I went back to sleep. And immediately, I was in a dream. And in the dream, I was driving to visit a friend a dear friend. I arrived at their house and knocked on their door. A person came to the door and opened it and then hesitated when they saw me there. I said, may I come in? Finally, yes, come in, and the door swung wide open. I came in and this person walked ahead of me out into the kitchen. I followed. There was a table there, and I sat down at the table expecting them to also sit down, but instead of that, this person busied themselves putting things away in the kitchen. It was obvious that this person did not want to talk with me. They knew what I had come to talk with them about come to talk about Jesus. He is what I most desire to talk about. He has won my heart. And when I visit with someone, I want to talk with them and I want to ask them questions about what they're doing with Jesus. To me, 
That's the most essential topic that we can have a discussion about. And so I sat waiting for this person to come and join me at the table until finally it became very clear they were not going to join me. And so I got up, went to the door where I had left my shoes and slipped my shoes on, and then began to leave, and this person followed me. We walked out of the house together, and as I was getting in my car, ready to leave, this person looked at me in a very serious expression and said, Is God calling? Is God calling? I drove away with that question ringing in my ears and was wide awake. And I knew that I had to call this broadcast today, Is God Calling? I want to answer that question. God is calling. There are three key words as we begin to study the book of John. The first key word is repentance, meaning Confession of sin. Turning from sin. Beginning to walk in the second key word, which is righteousness. Which is moral righteousness. Which is objective righteousness. It is behaving in the way the scriptures call me to behave. It is forgiving those who hurt me. It is turning from all darkness. It is not being sucked into the devil's play. It is standing upright, clean before Almighty God. And the third very key word in the book or the Gospel of John is holiness, meaning purity consecrated, utterly given to, set apart. These three words are what God is calling us to. He's calling us to repent. He's calling us to begin to act in ways that are righteous before him. And he's calling us to be made pure to be made clean, to be entirely sanctified, to put it in John Wesley's words. Is God calling? Yes. Unequivocally, God is calling. He's calling you to repent of your sin. He's calling you to take righteous actions in your life and to turn aside from all darkness. He is calling you 
to purity. God is calling you. Is God calling? Yes. Yes, a thousand times. Yes, God is calling you. He's calling you to obey His Holy Spirit. As I awakened in the early hours of this morning from this dream, I began to pray for this friend and say, Lord, would you extend to this friend a very plain calling on their life? Would you call them to yourself? Will you call them to walk holy before you? To walk in full repentance and righteousness and purity before you? Would you take away their hesitation and their fear? Would you make their path absolutely plain before them so that there's no question about what you want from them, what you want them to do, and where you want them to go, and who you want them to walk with? Would you make that very plain to them? The part I I treasured in the dream is that this dear friend was not going to sit with me and talk about Jesus without a very clear understanding that it was not to me they were accountable. It was directly to Jesus that they were accountable. Yes, we can influence one another, and yes, we need to support and love one another. And yes, we need to walk in close fellowship with one another. But we must hear the call of God in our ears and in our heart. We must hear the call of God to come out and to be separate from the world and to touch no unclean thing that he would receive us as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Now let's be clear. Who is God? I hear people pray, God, will you do this? God, will you do that? Well, the world knows many gods. Buddha, Allah, all the gods of of India. There are many gods in the world. Small g. There's only one God Almighty, and he is unlike all of the other gods. He's the true God, the creator God, and his name, his name is Jesus. The Gospel of John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word. That is, in the beginning was the Logos. It's a Greek word. It means literally the logic and reason, the idea behind all creation. It is the power the life, 
behind all of creation. So in the beginning was the Logos, that which was the Creator God. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If you'll look at Colossians, the first chapter, or if you'll look at Hebrews, the first chapter, you'll find they'll say the same thing, that Jesus is the Creator God who was in the very beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That was Jesus. It was Jesus who stood on Mount Sinai and spoke the Ten Commandment law to Moses and the children of Israel. It was Jesus who visited Abraham. It was the Lord God of heaven. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, that is through the Logos, through the Word, all things were made. This is John, the Gospel, chapter 1, verse 3. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not been able to overcome it. So, John is telling us that the creator of heaven and earth has come, and he has come as light to expose the darkness. And he is calling you. He is calling you to repent of all sin. He is calling you to come in the mighty name that is above all names, the name Jesus. Because Jesus came to save us from our sins. There's a passage of Scripture. Let me read it for you. It's in 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 24, speaking about Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. What is a soul? It's your personality. It's who you are as a person. This Jesus came and died so that we might die also to our sins, plural, our sins. And live for righteousness. These liars that say you cannot stop sinning have not read the word of God. They twisted it. Read carefully the book of Jude. Today I wanted to come and just expound for you the wonderful gospel that we have received from Jesus. But like the book of Jude, I have to stop 
and I have to lay down a base of understanding, and I've been trying to do that all this week. Every message this week has been the same message, repent. Turn and live a righteous life. Be made pure by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. Don't play games with God. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The devil and his ways, the devil and his plans, his entertainments, his system of governance, it's all darkness. And Jesus comes illuminating that darkness that we would have a chance to turn from it, to leave our sin and sins and walk in righteousness because by his stripes we are healed of sin. That context in that passage in First Peter that I just read to you, the context is saying that sin is sickness and that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed of our sin. Don't tell me I have to keep walking in sin. Don't tell me I'm going to sin until the day I die. My Savior, by His stripes, healed me of all sin, and He can heal you of all sin. There came a man, verse 6, who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Do you want that true life in your heart? Then turn your television off. Turn your videos off. Pick up the scriptures. Read Matthew Mark, Luke, and John. Read the epistles. Carefully study the word of God. Then go back and read the Psalms and understand this is the very character of Jesus. And then begin to pray the Psalms. Yes, read the Psalms aloud before the throne of God. Pray the Psalms. Pray the scriptures. Consume them. Give up everything that is cheap and tawdry. Give up your novels. Give up everything that is of darkness. The darkness cannot overcome the light. But you can choose to stay in the darkness and love the lust of your flesh and the wickedness of your heart. And if you do, you will not be healed of your sin by the stripes of Jesus. You will be left in your sins and you will go to hell because all who sin are going to be cast into that lake of fire. It's coming. Great tribulation is now beginning to be poured out upon America and upon the world because of our sins. The abortion, the murder of countless babies, whole generations lost. Pestilence, disease, 
death, famine. The news coming out of Australia is desperate with the fires and the drought. They used to export a huge amount of wheat around the world. Now they're having to import wheat just to feed themselves to stay alive. This has been one of the worst crop seasons in my memory. And they're saying that the heartland of America, the same thing is going to happen again this coming summer. We're going to see famine in America. We're going to see pestilence in America. We're going to see probably swine flu take the pigs out of America. Huge numbers of swine have died in China. And this is the main source of protein for them. Great tribulation is coming on America because of our sin. And God is calling. Is God calling? God is calling. He's calling you to leave your sin. To stop playing with the devil. To stop playing like you don't know what's going on. You've heard these messages. God is calling you. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. How is that possible that the world could not recognize the creator of the world? The most important person that ever set foot on this planet was Jesus of Nazareth, the creator God who created the stars and the sun and the moon who created the earth, who holds it in space by his mighty power. This Jesus, they didn't recognize him. Do you recognize him? Do you hear? Do you hear the call of God to come out and be separate? Do you hear the call of God? to leave the casual, lukewarm, wicked religion of our day, the sinning Christians, and get serious with Jesus about being in full repentance, full confession, and full righteousness, and complete purity of heart. Do you hear God calling you in the midst of the of the pestilence that's coming upon America and the judgments with volcanoes and hurricanes and tornadoes, the judgments of God that are beginning to be poured out that will cause in countless numbers of lives being lost. Do you hear the call of God and the threat to your life? Will you awaken now before it's too late? He came to that which was his own. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, 
To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to look at the Greek word that is being used here for receive. To receive means I take it in my hands. I get a hold of it. It means to assay. You know what that means. You find a nugget on your property and you think it might have gold or it might be gold. You take it to the assayer's office and he values it. He tells you how much it's worth. He tells you how much gold it is. He assays it. Well, this word received means Jesus has been assayed. He's been tested. He's been gotten a hold of. To all who got a hold of him. To all who assayed him. To those who believed in his name. That is, to those who said, This is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. To those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want you to notice, he did not make them children of God. He simply, at the cross, gave us the right to become children of God. He gave all of Adam's descendants children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of a husband's will but born of God he gave all of Adam's children the right to be born of God he gave you that right you have the privilege if you exercise it of becoming a child of God now you're not going to become a child of God by doing the best you can do and improving your flesh in every way you can improve it. By going to the workshops and the seminars and studying the scriptures, that's not how you become a child of God. You cannot improve the flesh, man or woman, and expect to ever be a part of the kingdom of heaven. It says, the word of God says, children defining children of God children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will but born of God you must be born of God if you are going to be a Christian now you remember there were many who said they were followers of Jesus. But when they began to understand what that meant, that they must only be fed by the broken body of Christ and they must only drink the spilled blood of Christ, they said, we don't want that. And many of you today say, I don't want just Jesus. I want my worldly friends. I want my night out with the guys. I want my affair 
to continue. I don't want to stop lusting after darkness. I don't want to stop cheating. I don't want to stop my nice lifestyle of the rich and the famous. I don't want to give up who I am. I want to keep me and have Jesus too. You can't do it. Impossible. You can't do it. If you want Jesus, you're going to have to be crucified with Christ. You're going to have to die to yourself and be born of the Spirit. The Lord is looking for children born not of natural descent or of human blood, not someone born of human decision, not someone who says, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to have a baby, and this baby is born into the world. He's saying, no, you can't. that's not the kind of birth this is. Not of a human husband's will. Born of God. You must be born of God. It's a supernatural work of grace that he does when we begin to do a complete work of repentance before him in confession of our sin and we give up our pride, we confess our arrogance before him, we confess our bitterness and our anger, we confess our doubts about ourselves. The devil comes and he says, you're nobody. You're a failure. I've learned how to deal with him. I agree with him and I say, you're right, I'm a failure. And I'm nobody, but I serve somebody who's somebody. I serve a Jesus who is everything to me. And he rules over heaven and earth. And I'm filled with his glory and his power and his presence. It's not me, it's Jesus. And so I can love you, even though you're utterly unlovable. You're wicked, you're evil. But I will love you. Because Jesus is in me, and I am born from above. Total difference. The Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. And He has given us the right to become children of God, but He has not made us children of God. It's a very interesting passage uh, further in John, the second chapter verse 24 he's been doing wonderful signs he's been doing miracles for people he's been healing the sick and everybody is astonished and they're putting their faith in Jesus they're believing in his name they're saying this is this is messiah verse 24 this is john 2:24 but jesus would not entrust himself to them for he knew all men He did not need a man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in man. So Jesus gave the right to be born from above. But before a man is born from above, Jesus will not entrust himself to them. He will not dwell in them until they have fully repented before God. 
They have utterly given themselves into the hand of God and said, I will serve Jesus. And I renounce everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil. I will serve my Lord Jesus. He is my Lord. And at that point, as we make a decision to live a righteous life, the Holy Spirit comes and he brings a new birth to us. He transforms us. He changes us into the likeness of Jesus. Now, we may be very immature. We may not know much at all about the Bible doesn't matter it matters that you made the decision to repent of your sins to confess every known sin before God and you have been truly sorry and you're now saying I will serve Jesus and at that point the miracle of a new birth a birth from above takes place Do you want that? Is God calling you? Is God calling you right now? Will you make that decision? Will you make the decision to utterly, fully, and completely give yourself into the hand of Almighty God? Will you seek Him with all of your heart? Will you turn off the world's entertainment and the wickedness of this world? Will you stop going places that are offensive to the Holy Spirit? Will you give him your thoughts and ask him to scrub clean your mind? Will you renounce your lust, your anger, your bitterness? Will you utterly renounce your sexual sin? There are those today who say the church should accept whatever a person is sexually. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says you come sinner as you are whether you're a thief, whether you're a murderer, whether you're a druggie, whether you're a very respectable person, but still a flesh person, whatever your orientation sexually, you come as you are. And then he does that miracle of grace. And he changes you. And he makes you into a new person. Is God calling you? Is God calling you to be born from above? You've been religious all your life. You may have even been raised in a Christian home. But you've never made that decision to cast it all out and trust Jesus with your life. You've always said, I've got to have a backup plan. I've got to take care of myself because God won't take care of me. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things the pagans run after will be given to you as well. 
place of testing right now with that, but it's not testing because I already know the answer. I have suffered very severe financial blows to this radio broadcast and to the church. It's impossible for us to continue and move forward in the flesh. But I don't live in the flesh. I live in the spirit of the living God, and nothing is too hard for him. His arm is not too short, and he will carry the National Prayer Chapel, and he will carry this radio broadcast. The month of January is paid for. What an incredible miracle. There was no way that was going to happen. $4,000? Impossible. And now we're facing February. I trust him. He's awesome. I've been praying and saying, Lord, would you send some people who will give their normal gifts with a radio? And then would you send some special people who will give large amounts of money, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand, twelve thousand? Will you move in the hearts of people even to bring $50,000 so that we can go on the FM side of the dial. And you know what? I'm just standing by faith. I believe him. I trust him. How can I do that? Because I have been transformed and healed by his stripes. See, what I'm inviting you to do today is not something that is hard. What I'm inviting you to do today is not something difficult. It's the wondrous opportunity to be transformed into the very likeness of God. But it requires that we confess our sin and repent of it and turn aside from it It means that we make those decisions empowered by the blood of Jesus and by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit to no longer go back to the dog vomit, to the arguing and the fighting, no longer to go back to the uncleanness. A man said to me, Pastor, I want everything clean. I do too. I want everything clean. I don't want any darkness. I want the light to expose everything in my heart and in my life and in your heart and in your life. I want to walk in in forgiveness of anyone who's hurt me or wronged me, and many have, and I forgive them. And I bless them in the name of Jesus. Is that hard? No. It's done in your heart by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. 
It's done by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. We find in Matthew, the third chapter, John the Baptist saw the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that is, the self-righteous. They were coming to where he was baptizing at the Jordan. He said to them, You brood of snakes, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. There, that's the issue. People were coming to be baptized by John in the Jordan River. Verse 6 of Matthew 3 tells us that they came not just to be baptized. John demanded before they be baptized, they had to confess their sins. They had to confess their sins. And then he baptized them. And then they began to bring forth the fruit in righteousness, in keeping with their repentance. He says, And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. He's saying, Look, don't claim your religious position as a Pharisee or a Sadducee or as a member of the First Baptist Church or the Anglican Church or the First Methodist Church. Don't claim your position as a, as a preacher. Don't claim your position as a minister or as an elder. Don't claim your position and think that that somehow gives you standing before God. God can raise up preachers and every other kind of person. No, he's saying, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Verse 10, the axe is already at the root of the trees. You're the tree. And John the Baptist is saying, look, there's an axe ready to strike at the root of your life. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire of hell. Very sober, isn't it? Very serious, isn't it? John said, I preach and I baptize with water for repentance. But after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. My question to you, is God calling? Is God calling you? Will you respond? Will you act in obedience to what he's calling you to do? Do you know in your heart that you need help to get right with God? If you do, then come to the National Prayer Chapel and there are elders and people 
and myself, and we will help you with the process of getting clean before God. We will walk with you without condemnation. We will walk with you humbly, with kindness and gentleness, to help you get right with Jesus. There is nothing more important in the world than full, complete confession and repentance and begin to walk in righteousness, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and be made righteous and pure by the mighty hand of God. There's nothing more important. We are facing death in America. We are facing disease, famine. We are facing natural wonders with storms. There's no time to lose. You need to get right with God. The axe is already at the root of your life. And if that root is cut, you will die. Will you turn now? Will you pay whatever price you have to pay to get right with Jesus? Is God calling you? Is God calling? The answer is yes. God is calling you to obey his voice and repent and act in righteousness and be made holy fit for the kingdom of God born not of human flesh but born of the spirit of the living God filled with the spirit of the living God it's time let's pray Lord Jesus, I know that right now your spirit is telling me that there are people struggling with the question, is God calling me? And Lord, if they'll ask that question honestly, they'll have to answer it honestly, and the answer is yes, God is calling you. Jesus is calling you. I'm asking now by the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit that every person who has been convicted by this message would follow through and take whatever action is necessary to fully confess their sin before you and to repent and to be made righteous by a free gift of your Holy Spirit indwelling them I, in the name of Jesus, break every attack of the devil against you. I break every deception of Satan that has come against you. I break it now in the name of Jesus. And I set you free by the blood of Jesus to repent before God. To be made righteous before a holy God. To be made pure. Lord, we break every assignment of the devil against those who listen to this broadcast. We break every assignment, every divination, every curse, every family generational curse. We break now in the name of Jesus. 
And we ask now by the power of the shed blood Jesus at Calvary that you would send your Holy Spirit to these precious ones and gather them fully into your kingdom. I ask, Lord, that you would do this in your grace and in your mercy. And, Lord, there are some who have been utterly deceived by teachers who have not known the word. They've been told they can continue in their sin and that they're saved. Would you break this lie now? Would you call them in a very clear manner that they will know that they must come and get washed in the blood, be cleansed and made whole? Lord, I thank you. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm so happy you've been listening. Please follow through. I'm eager to hear from many of you. I need you to come and follow the call of the Spirit in giving that this message of repentance, which I'm going to stay with, can be sent forth in Washington, D.C. If ever there was a need for a great call of righteousness in this city, today is that day. Write to me, the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Again, it's the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And would some of you encourage my heart by going to our website and clicking on the donate button and give as the Holy Spirit calls you to give. It's nationalprayerchapel.com. Well, we're out of time for today. God bless you. I love you. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. I'll talk to you soon.